0: And I'm Nuria Martinez-Keel. You're listening to The Source.
1: Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. A quick warning before we begin. This podcast contains a discussion of sexual assault and abuse.
0: Students, parents, and alumni say Mount St. Mary Catholic High School has done too little for too long about alleged sexual misconduct. The principal resigned and the school says it's investigating, but some argue it's an empty gesture after years of ignored complaints.
1: Reporter Josh Dulaney is with us today. He's interviewed several current and former Mount St. Mary students who say the school is disregard for sexual assault allegations dates back years. Josh, was there a specific incident that brought all of this to light?
2: This seemed to be a case that uh, has built over a few years. And uh, finally, there was some former school personnel that these alleged victims trusted, uh, and their stories uh, do go back years. They got together with this former staffer and presented some letters to the board of trustees back in October detailing uh, uh, their their stories. And that's what really opened the lid on uh, the situation there. So I wouldn't say it was one case, but it was, uh, it's been ongoing, according to these victims, for many years. I talked to... A source yesterday who knows of alleged victims dating back to around 2010 uh, and a little bit earlier and these are again just allegations this has not gone to court yet uh, but my source um, uh, without knowing it the other sources that I've spoken to shared, consistent uh, stories, consistent accusations, and consistent patterns, not only of the the abuse among uh, students at the school, these are accusations of student-on-student sexual abuse, sexual harassment, sexual assault, but also they shared uh, consistent uh, patterns and stories of how top administrators at the school dealt with their complaints and dealt with their reports of this alleged abuse.
0: Mount St. Mary is a private school of about 400 students in South Oklahoma City. Josh, you interviewed multiple alleged victims from the school. What kinds of incidents did they say they experienced and how did school leadership respond to them when they tried to report it?
2: Yeah. Uh, so again, all, all allegations, um, We have heard everything from uh, unwanted groping to um, sexual uh, uh, texts that were sexual in nature that were unsolicited. There's allegations of masturbating in in front of female students um, that has happened. Um, There has been allegations of rape. There have been um, allegations even of some of the uh, groping uh, taking place in uh, classrooms as well. Um, And the response from the school, according to uh, these alleged victims, is anything from uh, boys will be boys to, you don't want to, um, uh, make a big deal out of this. It could affect your, your college career. Um, well, what, what did you do to, um, in in a sense tempt this person? Um, so there's been, according to these victims, um, some victim blaming that has gone on. Um, a, uh, Part of uh, one of the stories I wrote went back to a uh, statutory rape case in uh, around 2010 or 2011. Um, so that, that's, you know, and we go back even further than that with, with some folks I've, I've uh, some sources I've talked to. Um, but really nothing has been done according to um, the alleged victims um in some cases they didn't tell their parents about this um uh so it's it's been uh uh, difficult interviews with a lot of these victims um as they're telling their stories and they're saying that that really nothing was was done for them
1: now this all seems to have come to a head uh, late last year when a number of students coordinated and sent letters to the school, which prompted an investigation and so forth. And we, I believe we'll discuss more of that later. But besides these students reporting these incidents, there were other ways where the school could have been notified of sexual misconduct allegations. There was a lawsuit in 2011, a criminal case involving a student charged with rape, and a letter from a teacher who tried to alert the school about possible assault. Now, there seems to be warning signs, and you've, you've discussed this already. There seems to be warning signs going back at least a decade or more. Why is the school just now reckoning with this?
2: That is a um, very good question. It takes, it takes a bit of unpacking. Um, and I can tell you what some of the speculation has been among people uh, Sources of mine, and I should say some of these, or a lot of, a lot of my sources who weren't victims, but who are involved in the school, advocates of the school, um, have or who had children in the school, um, they say a a few things. This this is a very, very small school. It is a very tight-knit community. It's a prestigious school. It goes back generations. And so their theory is a very, one of them is there's a very basic, um, let's not rock the boat. Let's not harm the reputation of the school. And tied in with that is if the reputation of the school is harmed, uh, perhaps we lose uh, some student enrollment. Perhaps we lose some funding. Perhaps we lose uh, donations. Uh, so that's that's part of the speculation as to why it took so long. Um, and then there are also uh, allegations of there being a tight network of administrators within the school. So One person has hired another person who may or may not be involved in this situation. Um, So-and-so is related to somebody else in the administration, somebody's friends with somebody on the board of trustees. These these are very close, tight relationships. So there is some sentiment among the sources out there that there is a bit of Of a covering for one another in this situation and in fact some of the victims told me and we we I wrote this in uh, uh, one of the first stories they believe that when the the principal Talita Denegri resigned in December the theory is that she kind of took the fall for everybody else that, that was also involved if if she could resign and they can make it look clean, that something has been done. Uh, Nobody else is going to be touched. Nobody else is going to be investigated. Um, And so those are some of uh, the reasons that folks I've talked to speculate on on why this has not been uh, dealt with for a long time. And and some of these administrators, they, they, uh, they have been there for a long time.
0: Like you just said, Principal Talita Denegri resigned in late December after 19 years at Mount St. Mary. The school says it's still investigating allegations of sexual misconduct. They say they're taking this seriously. uh, But there are several parents and students and alumni who say the school's response has been completely inadequate. What complaints did they have about the way Mount St. Mary has responded to this? And what more would they like to see happen?
2: Yeah, so the school... In a couple of statements, they've issued apologies and they say they do support um, any victims and they want victims to uh, come forward. Um, But the parents and the uh, ally community, those that support the the, the alleged victims, they want to know specifically how long the school really knew this was going on they want to know why some parents weren't directly contacted about these issues. They want to know why alleged perpetrators weren't, um, disciplined. Although according to some records I've looked at, at least, uh, uh, a couple of them were, um, the school had said that one is no longer, you know, on campus at this time. Um, but they want to know, uh, is there anybody else on campus that might be, um, committing harm. They want to know, uh, does, does this place the, the school at, uh, financial risk? Uh, they also want to know why, uh, particular administrators that may, um, have also not taken seriously. These complaints are still on campus. Um, So you have some victims that have alleged that there are other uh, school officials there who knew of these things and didn't do anything either. And so those interactions have been very awkward and very uncomfortable. And so the parents want to know if they don't know who these accused administrators are, um, then they want to know who they are. And if they do, if some of the parents do know who they are, they want to know why they're still on campus while an investigation is supposedly ongoing um they feel like this makes it very difficult for their kids to to attend there
0: in her resignation letter i believe the former principal indicated that she intended to come back to campus to help out and visit the school um I imagine that also took some people by surprise, and, and that was also an unwelcome statement to make. Would I, would that would I be right in saying that?
2: Definitely right. When it comes to the the alleged victims, they were uh, uncomfortable with it, uh, angry about it. Um, uh, they didn't um, they didn't want her back on campus at all. Now the story that I've heard from um, sources that that I've talked to uh, officials is that um, she won't be on campus um, in in that fashion or or as much. Um, There was a bit of a blow up um, a few weeks ago that she was back on campus and students were upset I was told she was there to do some administrative work with the interim principal, and that needed to be done on campus. It, it couldn't be done otherwise, and it was really brief. Um, I should also say there's a there's a large segment of the school community um, that either well, I shouldn't say large. I, I can't quantify that. There there are there is a segment of the school community parents, supporters, alumni, who don't believe this issue is as widespread as um, we have reported or what the um, accusers are saying. Um, It's, you know, it could be um, a couple of incidents or um, maybe nothing at all, and this whole thing is overblown. So there is that population of supporters, um, of the administration at the school. Uh, they do stand by the former principal. They stand by the board of trustees. They stand by the administration and, um, they don't like, uh, our, um, reporting on this. They think it's sensationalized and they think it's, um, uh, much ado or perhaps most ado about about nothing
1: one thing that you reported in your story is that it appears that officials who received these accusations of sexual assault did not comply with the state's mandatory reporting laws Can you talk a little bit about that and and furthermore is the school considering any new policies or any um, sort of review with how it handles these kinds of situations
2: the alleged victims, have all said that they're reporting to the administration, uh, never left the admin's offices. Um, that there was no follow-up done by um, the state, um, say an agency like DHS. We do have laws on the books where uh, here in Oklahoma, if if any person w- with particularly uh, teachers and staff members at a, at a school they need to report to the authorities and for for teachers and staff members at schools that includes dhs and that includes local law enforcement um, now i reached out to the police department a while back and they did say uh, that they didn't have any um police reports um related to these recent accusations and so uh, when you talk to the victims, they'll say, well, there's fear involved. They didn't know what to do if it wasn't going to go anywhere um, outside of the school. If the administrators weren't going to do anything about it, what could we, um, you know, what, what could we really expect? Um, so as far as policies go, um, they're redoing, uh, not redoing, they're, they're kind of buffering their training um, they have updated their handbook on, on, um, certain policies and, and, uh, making it clear what, um, you know, they, they are expected to do. But I talked to a source, uh, yesterday who said, um, this was never a policy issue. This was a, this wasn't a policy failure. This was a people failure. There was no policy, um, what, what what policy was broken um, it, to allow this situation um, to get to this point? It wasn't a policy. It was people that failed to do what they knew uh, what was um, correct to do. So uh, now the board of trustees has said we had policies in, in place that were good, but perhaps not good enough. And again, the argument from the other side is, well, you, you did have good enough policies. You just failed in in abiding by them.
0: And, and I believe the the school has said it's involved investigators to to look into these reports. How is this school going about its own investigation, and has it pulled people in from the outside to assist with that?
2: They did hire an uh, an independent investigator uh, who is is highly experienced in. Um, these matters, um, and that's, uh, that investigators laid out to them, um, what they saw, um, and as far as other people that are helping them out, they're saying they're leaning on as they go forward and as they continue to develop policies and best practices, they are leaning on, um, law enforcement experts and, uh, um, reporting experts and, and various, uh, consultants related to education and, um, and, uh, the, you know, just related issues that, 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 that uh, would, would be involved in this, um, situation. So, um, and, um, th- they've also, I think by this time, I think they've created a task force, um, and they have some folks, um, Looking at the culture of the school, looking at some, um, you know, perhaps some fail-safe measures, but looking at uh, uh, just t- just taking a, a view about how the culture of the school ca- can improve um, and those types of things, what might have led to this, how, how the school can be better. And better handle these things.
0: This is a private Catholic institution. So which groups are ultimately responsible for what goes on at the school?
2: Yeah. So they have, um, uh, sponsors. Um, it's the, uh, I think the international. Uh, well, I, I think it's the sisters of mercy, um, the archdiocese of Oklahoma city. Uh, and then they have a board of trustees that is more of a, a fiduciary um uh body um now what i've been told and this is this is changing this this is developing but uh the former principal was also the former president of the school she held this dual role and um and talking to some of my sources um Up until recently, it was really the principal that was going to run day to day operations, doing the hiring and doing the firing. The board is not going to step in and say, We want you to hire this person or hire that person. Um, What is changing is they're going to have, um, uh, they're going to split the roles of principal and president, they're going to hire somebody to be president. Um, and that's going to be the public face of the school that's doing fundraising. Um, but to circle back to, um, I guess what would be the issue of who has authority to do anything, um, at the school, um, I would say the diocese could put, uh, you know, extreme pressure on the school, um, to make changes. The board of trustees, um, can do that as well. Um, I mean, there there are some checks and balances that they won't, uh, you know, be allowed to just kind of float uh, out there on their own.
1: And finally, students staged a walkout this week to protest what's been happening. Tell us about the significance of Mount St. Mary's students walking out and what message uh, they wanted to convey.
2: In all, they're about uh, two dozen people out there, including students and um, their supporters, um, including parents, um, they, they walked out and then they, um, uh, part of their demonstrate. well, they had a prayer vigil and then they um, walked out to the street and um, in a symbolic gesture, they all turned their backs on the school which they said was communicating that the school had uh, turned their backs on them. Um, those that walked out had the support of their parents. They had written a letter uh, and a group of parents signed it. And that letter was, was uh, given to administration and those parents said, we are supporting our children walking out. Um, and that letter was also uh, signed by uh, supporters as, as well. Um, I don't know, there was some talk among sources that I have that there might be, uh, routine walkouts. Um, I don't know how far that'll go. That, that would just be speculation on my part. Um, so yeah, uh, that was on, um, Tuesday morning. It lasted for about an hour and a half. Now, I have heard from folks uh, that they got a little bit of flack from uh, at least one staff member. And the sentiment among that staffer and among some supporters that I've heard, supporters of the principal, former principal, who have contacted me was, um, well, see, this wasn't a big rally, so it's obviously not that big of a deal. If there were more victims, the more victims would have been out there. Well, you you have parents who have also said, um, "Yeah, my child was victimized, but I don't want their name out there, and I don't want them going public. I don't want their I don't want their photos in a rally or anything like that." So they're highly concerned about privacy. Um, so for and we we know this um, in our being journalists over the years, for any victim to come out um, is extremely difficult. Um, so. Um, and again, that's, that's just another uh, way that the community of that school is, is, uh, somewhat, uh, divided. I mean, if I'm hearing, if I'm getting comments in my email just about reporting on it, I can only imagine what, you know, children are dealing with as they, um, come out with these, um, again, what are, um, allegations.
1: Well, Josh, I want to thank you for reporting on this story and community for the way that you've handled it. Thanks so much for joining us this week for the podcast. Now for our listeners, thank you for joining us. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahoman subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories and more every day in the Oklahoman and at Oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.